Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, the 17th chapter, verses 1 through 9. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 1 through 9. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them. And from the cloud, a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome by fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up, and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus ordered them, Tell no one about the vision until after the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of God's word. Let us pray. Lord Almighty, we hear this amazing story of this relationship between you and your son. And Lord, just like the disciples, we too want to be a part of that. Lord, speak to our hearts. Lead us where and how you would have us to go. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you remember what it's like when either you were or you saw a young couple that was obviously in love with their loved one? You know, you can tell just by looking at them that there is something special and precious about their relationship. Something that has happened between them that only they share, but yet the effect of that draws in everyone. Maybe you see that on the face of a mother as she's holding her very first child or even any other children that she births after that. The love between that mother and that child is something that is tangible, that can be felt in the room. There's a glow, if you will. This effect is one thing and one thing only. It is love, pure and strong. In our scripture this morning, we're hearing about that same type of that is even more so 
the love between Jesus and his heavenly Father. As Jesus goes to his Father in prayer, Jesus' countenance begins to change. The more he prayed to his Father, the more his face shone, and his clothes became a dazzling white. I love the color white. It signifies purity, cleanness, brightness. When something is white and it's really, really white, it looks almost new, doesn't it? Exactly the way that you and I look when we make that decision, when we go into that relationship with Jesus Christ, when we make that choice to put down our old ways and to begin life new in Jesus Christ. We make mistakes, we sin, but we are cleansed of that sin and made new in Jesus. We are forgiven and we are free to start again. Henry Nouwen, in his book, The Spirituality of Life, talks about how we are changed and transformed as we spend time in solitude with God. Now, in that solitude, if we're really, really intent on conversation with God, we are still enough and we are quiet enough to hear God whisper to our very souls, You are my beloved. And once we really, really understand that we truly are beloved by God, there is just something inside of us that wants to share that with others. So now when sees that as a natural movement from that deep solitude and communion where we hear from God that we are his beloved to where we want to share that with those around us. But he takes it a step further from that. When we come together in community to share what we have learned and heard from our Heavenly Father, there's a natural ministry that comes out of that. And I think we see that over and over and over here at Red Ridge. Do you remember there are other places in the scriptures where people's faces shone? Where when they connected with God, there was a physical evidence. Remember Moses? Remember how his face shone when he came down from the mountain and being with God? That story is found in Exodus chapter 34. The people at the bottom of the mountain could tell very clearly that something had happened up there. They knew that 
Moses had indeed had an encounter with God at that point. So I wanted to ask you a question this morning. And you don't have to answer it out loud, but I hope that you will think about it and maybe answer it in your heart. Um, have you thought much about spending time with God? Now, I know that we all live very busy lives. We spend time with family. We spend time with other people, other groups that we're a part of, that have common interests. We spend time in other places. We vacation. We travel. But how much do you think about spending time with God? Because from my experience and from the experience of the scriptures, every time, time is spent in solitude with God and time alone with God, there is a change in your heart, in your life, listening to what he has to say to you, having conversation with him, reading his word, and meditating on that word will have such an effect on your life that the people around you will know that you truly have been with God as I read this scripture, I couldn't help but think about solar panels. We're seeing more and more of those today, aren't we? We see fields of solar panels that, that bring about energy. But the concept behind a solar panel is this panel takes in the sun and the energy, stores it in this panel, and then it sends it back out through electricity. That's kind of how it is when we spend time with God, we fill ourselves up with everything that God has to give us, to say to us. And then when we get so full at that point, then we share that with other people. And then the process starts all over again. Peter, James, and John, I can well imagine, according to the scriptures, this was early when they began their journey up the mountain. And I can well imagine they were probably sleepy, maybe tired from the climb up. They weren't quite awake in themselves yet, as you will. But then, when Jesus began to be in prayer with his father, and they began to witness the change in Jesus. Don't you know they were fully wide awake and paying attention? They became aware of God's presence there with them. But discipleship goes beyond that. Discipleship is more than just seeing something and realizing it and holding it in your heart. It's moving forward. It's going on and doing, if you will. 
And as much as they were awed by what they saw, they were not quite ready yet to be witnesses to Jesus. They weren't quite ready yet to follow Jesus, if you will, to the cross, much less to the cross and on through Christ's resurrection. And Jesus knew that about these men that he took with him to the mountain. And that's why he told them, don't tell yet. Don't tell yet. It's not time. You're not fully there yet. So he told them to wait. The transfiguration emphasizes that God has been revealed through Jesus Christ. God's majesty shines through Jesus. At that particular point on the mountain, it shone through Jesus' whole body. But it's more than just a beautiful story that we read and are inspired by. There's a practical importance of the transfiguration for us as Christians. Uh, as Jesus prays, we saw that he was transformed. Worship and communion with God produces a transformation in us that touches every part of who we are. It touches us from the inside out, if you will. The inner person, the outer person, all of our words, our actions, our activities are transformed when we spend time with Jesus. Now, I did a little bit of imaginary playfulness with this scripture as, as I was studying. And uh, from your pastor's perspective, wouldn't it be interesting if throughout the service, as people in the congregation truly became connected with God, their faces began to shine. I would be standing here preaching, and over here I would see a face that lights up. Maybe back there, a face that begins to glow all of a sudden. And to watch that throughout the sanctuary as each and every person makes their own connection with God. That would be a pretty amazing service, wouldn't it? Because it wouldn't be just be for my benefit. I guarantee you, if someone was sitting next to somebody whose face begins to light up in the middle of the service, how awesome would that be? Because you would know that that person had made that connection with God. Great inspiration comes in the presence of God. And when it comes, it meets our deepest spiritual needs. 
We are lifted up in our worship, if you will, and our God is glorified through the moving of the Holy Spirit. And these kinds of experiences are exciting. They're moving. But they're always followed by the routine and the regularness. I don't think that's a word. But the plainness of our lives. The day-to-day stuff. Now, we prayed a little while ago for Myrna as she leaves on Wednesday for her walk to Emmaus. Uh, For those of you who are not familiar with what the walk to Emmaus is, it is a spiritual encounter with God. Um, She will spend from Wednesday night until Saturday evening in communion with God and with a few others thrown in for good measure. It is a high holy experience for most everyone who goes. But the danger in that, and they tell you, the danger in that is to go home thinking that you're going to stay up here on that high spiritual feeling that you had when you connected with God during your walk. Things down here hadn't changed. You're going to go back to your same families, your same routines, your same jobs. None of that has changed. But you have changed. And I will shamelessly say here real quick, if God is nudging your heart to want to attend the walk to Emmaus, there are many of us in the congregation who have been on the walk. Uh, Just lift your hands really quick, those of you who have been on the walk to Emmaus. So if God is nudging you in that direction, talk to somebody. Because if he's nudging you in that direction, he's calling you in that direction as well. As we approach Lent, you know that season that begs us to sit with God in solitude, to confess to ourselves and to God any ways that we fall short. Will you be brave enough this Lenten season to be honest with yourself and with God? Are you enough to spend that time with God? Because you have to know that if you are, and you truly make that connection, your face will be shining. Just like Moses. Just like Jesus as he had conversation with his father. The answer lies within yourself and your relationship with God. Maybe you feel God tugging at you this morning. 
How do you respond to that tug? Do you try to ignore it and hope it'll go away? Perhaps you think, well, I'll deal with it in my prayer time later. How do you respond when you hear that whisper of God calling your name? I encourage you to answer. The altars are here this morning. Take advantage of this time. As you hear that still, small voice, don't just discount it as words from the preacher, but listen closely for that whisper of God and his calling to you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whether we hear that still small voice of yours deep in our hearts, or Lord, whether we hear it as a screaming in our ears, Lord, let us not ignore it. Lord, I beg you that we answer and respond to your call, that we take that time to spend with you so that our faces and our whole being, Lord, glows in the joy and the likeness of you. Thank you, Father. In Christ's name we pray.